Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world, Aaron. The Mukes, I am Mukes. Below us, we have the smoothest voice in sports casting, Dylan Kearns. It is a beautiful March 7th evening here in the city. Episode 3 is underway. We've got a great show ahead of us. We're going to be diving into the AFC and NFC North. Gentlemen, how are we doing this this evening, Aaron? Uh, I'm a little tired. I'm not going to lie. I'm exhausted, but uh, I'm hanging in there. We're going to talk some good football, AFC, NFC North, um, defending AFC champions, right? Um, some thought the NFC champions would have come from Green Bay, and they didn't. So uh, we get some good talk here about some good teams. And we get to talk about some some teams from people that we know personally. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a huge a huge night for us because this is there's a lot of interesting teams here in, in, in both of these divisions that we're going to be talking about. Uh, Dylan, how's it going over there with you? It's going well, going well. Excited to talk football today. Um, to your point, Aaron, AFC North produced a AFC champion. Um, definitely, I wouldn't say people expected that at the beginning of the year. Some, I mean, if you said that at the beginning of the year, you could have said any of those teams, the Ravens, maybe the Browns, maybe the Steelers, maybe not so much on their front. But, I mean, it was crazy last year. The Bengals made it all the way there. So they got some needs in free agency, and I'm ready to break them down. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. And But, guys, there was some massive news that broke this uh, this afternoon, just a couple hours uh, before we went live. It's coming out of the Atlanta Falcon side of things. Poor AJ can't catch a break. Calvin Ridley has been suspended indefinitely for, for the entire 2022 season after – it's gambling. Gambling for, for Calvin Ridley here. He placed a $1,500 bet uh, in total – uh, multiple parlays. Uh, this is this is not good news for the Atlanta Falcons. They're gonna they're not only gonna have no chance at bringing back Calvin Ridley. Uh, he's just done. He is done. He will not be back. Uh, how severe is this this hit this hit on Calvin Ridley? Because obviously in the baseball world, we've seen Pete Rose. He has been basically blackballed from from Major League Baseball. He's not a base not allowed in the in the uh, MLB Hall of Fame. Calvin Ridley, I feel like this is a little bit different than that. Aaron, what are your thoughts? Um, first thing I think of is stupidity. It's just stupid to think you could get away with this, being a high-profile athlete like him. And he was betting on his own team and against his own team or whatever it was he was doing. Uh, it's just stupidity to me. He's not the first player 
in the NFL that's done that. There's been a, a few other players. There was a player a few years back. I think he was on the Cardinals. They got Gosh, banned so. for a season. Yeah, and he wasn't a you know a, a marquee player in the NFL. So it kind of the news came out. It got swept under the rug, and we kept it pushing. But this is a bigger name player in Calvin Ridley. Obviously, one of the best wide receivers in the football when he's on the field. And then we seen him go away last year with quote mental health issues, and then this investigation and we were wondering why Atlanta hasn't decided to move on from him. Well, they were operating in good faith. The fact of the matter is they knew something was going on. They knew about a possible suspension. And here we are in March, right before free agency, right before Atlanta has got to figure out what to do in the draft. And now they find out that their wide receiver is going to be suspended for the 2022 season. They're already depleted at the position. It's, it sucks for Atlanta, but Calvin Ridley, um, his career probably will never be the same if he even ever comes back. So um, it's sad, but it's just one of those things, man. You're an NFL player. It's just stupid. Yeah. Dylan. Yeah, definitely crazy news out of Atlanta. You didn't expect that today. And you know, this is the time that something like that comes out because everyone's curious, right? He sends out a tweet two days ago saying football, like he loves football. And then he sends a laughing emoji to all these trade proposals. And everyone's like, all right, Calvin Ridley's tweeting he loves football. He's going to come back to football. He's ready to go. So everyone's expecting, okay, Calvin Ridley's ready. So teams start calling. They're, they dive into some inside information. The Falcons not really uh, ready to understand and have those conversations with Ridley, whether he's going to play or not. Then two days later, the news comes out about all this, and it's just a horrible situation for Calvin Ridley. I, I mean, if one year is all he gets, I do think it's not that big of a punishment for him. Um, I, I think that's it should be more. You mentioned Pete Rose. I mean, he's not allowed in any MLB ballpark in baseball. Like he, he physically cannot interact with the sport. Well, so baseball's that, stupid though. Baseball yeah, is. baseball it goes is. too far. But so right. so that's the that that's what I wanted to bring up though with with what happened with Pete Rose. This is a this is a different time clearly in in the world of sports game in the in the world of sports betting where it's it's a little bit more normalized now and and, and with with everything and obviously it's not normalized with with the athletes that are involved in these games, but. Again, Calvin Ridley was not playing at all. He had really nothing to do with with the team at all, and he was placing the bets during that. Obviously, this is this is a bad thing, and he's he deserves the suspension. But is one year enough, Aaron, or should it be more? Um, I don't like I don't like the notion of not being able to like live your life if you're not in the lineup. However, however, it is a very bad look on the NFL when you are betting on their games. And the reason is because we've already got so many people, so many conspiracy theorists out there about how professional sports are rigged and then every call in a game or are your players playing hard enough? And despite him not having a connection or not being on the field, he knows players in that locker room. He has friends on that team. And you, you those things start to come into question. I think the NFL really has to take a long look here and say, we have a team in Las Vegas now. We need to make this punishment as, as kind of a precedence to make sure this doesn't happen again, especially because it's a marquee guy. Um, I don't think he'll be back after a year. I honestly think it should have been suspended indefinitely and they'll just kind of evaluate it as they go. The fact of the matter is the NFL cannot afford to have their players betting on games, especially games with teams that they're involved with, because that's going to taint the league and then it's going to give it a black eye. And the growth of the NFL is so massive that um, it would just turn that in the other direction, I believe. And so I think they do have to make an example of Calvin Ridley. Dylan? Yeah, uh, not really much more to touch on here, but just a bad look altogether. I mean, you look at this whole entire situation. It's not 
it's not good. And to Aaron's point about betting on your own team, that's where it gets dicey for me. That's where I think the suspension should be a little bit more. I mean, you're you got inside information to that team, whether you believe it or not. You know who's practicing. You know all that. You can shoot out texts and figure out who's in the lineup and things like that with going on the team. And, oh, I don't know, so-and-so's here. We didn't spend the too much time on game prep here, whatever. Oh, we went hard on them. I think we're going to get them. Like, you know, you don't know the insider things going on there. So um, it's not really – it's not a good look at all when it comes to betting on your own team, let alone betting in general. So uh, hopefully this isn't something we see more of, but uh, it's definitely not a good look. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on everything that's happening with it with this situation with Calvin Ridley in the future. Uh, and poor AJ, our thoughts and prayers go out to AJ and his not only his. No, they his, don't. No, they don't. Don't don't lie to them. Our thoughts and prayers are not going out to AJ. No, we don't care. Atlanta sucks. They're gonna still suck, and regardless of whether Calvin Ridley's there or not, guess what? They still suck. I mean, you're, you're not you're man. not wrong. You're not wrong. You know, thoughts and prayers go out to the New England Patriots, who were rumored to be one of the the front the the front runners to trade for a Calvin Ridley. How about that? They'll Is probably that okay? still get him. They'll probably reduce the suspension to three games. New England will get him. They'll go win a Super Bowl or something. That's just what New England gets. I mean, they got Randy Moss for a fourth round draft pick, so he'll whatever. be reinstated. Yeah. Ugh, there you go. There you go. All right. We're going to get into the news and nugs in just a few moments here, but I want to remind everyone to please head on over to all of our social media pages. We made it easy for you guys. We're going to feed the ducks here and go over this. This is short and sweet. This is very easy. Head on over to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, not pictured here is TikTok. We're at Sac City Pod on all of those platforms. We make it super easy for you guys. Like it's there's no there's no trouble. There's no different names. It's simple. Head on over to the city, like, follow, share, subscribe, do whatever you can. Our TikTok game is buzzing right now. There's videos after videos after videos on there right now involving free agency. Free agency is right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. We've got rankings for tight ends. We've got rankings for quarterbacks. We've got rankings for what What did AJ do? Wide receivers? Is AJ he ain't done it back? yet. But oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. It's getting – it'll get there. It'll get there. But just keep checking out on the TikTok page. Make sure you follow and uh, go like some videos. There you go. There you go. And hey, make sure – I said this last week. Make sure you guys stitch those videos. We've got rankings coming out. Let us know what you think of those rankings. Stitch the videos. Let us know whether you agree with us or whether you don't because there's a lot of people that's hating out there. There's a lot of people that's loving out there. Let your voice be heard. Stitch those videos. Let us know. Let's get into the news and the nugs. Tyreek Hill, ladies and gentlemen, he is in discussion with the Kansas City Chiefs to get a new deal Aaron, should he be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL? No, he should not be the highest paid receiver in the NFL. He is one of the most elite, but there's a guy in Green Bay named Devontae Adams that deserves that, that prize. I think Kansas City will pay him and should pay him, but I do not believe he should be the top wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, nope. I, don't, I, I agree with that, especially with Devontae Adams' contract coming up. The Washington Commanders have called literally everywhere about a quarterback. Dylan, do you think that they should be focusing on the draft or focusing on finding a trade partner for a quarterback? I think the draft makes the most sense for them. We saw a little bit of a regression from this team last year um, on the defensive side of the ball as well as on the offensive side of the ball. They needed to develop a quarterback. You could bring a veteran in, but it might not help this team out entirely. Go ahead and draft a quarterback. Go the whole Heineke Fitzpatrick route. Figure it out from there, but draft develop. 
One team that might not have gotten a call from the Commanders is the Green Bay Packers. There are no trade talks between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers right now. They're waiting on Aaron Rodgers to make up his mind. Aaron, where do you think Aaron Rodgers ends up this coming season? I think Rodgers goes to Denver. Uh, I know I said that first, and then I thought he'd come back, but Denver's been making a hard push for him. I think ultimately him and Green Bay are going to decide to part ways here. Uh, it's inevitable. Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver. James Bradbury of the New York Giants is on the trade block. Lots of reports coming out of New York saying that Bradbury is on the block for cap reasons. Dylan, do you think James Bradbury is not a Giant next season? Absolutely. Uh, the Giants, I mean, they're going under a whole new coaching regime, new front office regime. Bradbury was a fantastic signing for them in 2020. Almost got them into the postseason. Last year had a little bit of a down year, but not I mean, obviously, it's hard to emulate 2020. Rough year, but uh, he'll, he'll be playing for a new team. Lamar, 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 looking for a new deal. The, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson are looking to get a contract extension going on here. Aaron, I got to ask you, man, should Lamar Jackson play this season without a new deal? I don't think so. His playing style, if he doesn't have a new deal, I think he does. I think he should not be playing with his running style. It's tough, but that's the type of quarterback he is. If he gets injured, you never know. Um, the one thing I'll say, maybe as a devil's advocate to that, is it's Baltimore, and they usually take care of their players, and they like Lamar. And even if he got hurt, they probably would still play him, a la Dallas did with Dak Prescott. Um, but if I'm Lamar, I don't trust it. Dylan, do you think he should play? Yeah. To go ahead and play. I mean, I'm always for the players to play. And I mean, yes, he, he might get a bag, but I mean, you got to think he could, if he has a big year this year, I mean, he didn't have the best year last year. He's banged up all that stuff. Go out and prove it. Go out and prove that you're a legit quarterback in this AFC, which I still believe he is, but you go out and prove it one more year. That money's even going to get bigger. I worry about that. See, I, I, I used to be he, on that he side. He could only go down for me. His yeah. his, his money really? could only go down. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that I, I, I used to think that way as well, where it's like, go out there and earn your earn your pay. You you go out there, you earn that shit. You earn that money. But it is your career. That money could be gone like that, man, in a snap. Like one bad play, one bad move, one bad turn. And, and Lamar Jackson goes from being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL to – Maybe not even well, have well, being tagged well. and a Kirk Cousins. He's not going. Well, first of all, he's not going to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is the highest paid quarterback as he should be, or he's going to fall in between Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. And the fact of the matter is, is that's where he belongs, right? Because he's the next guy up. Aaron Rodgers is going to end up being the highest paid quarterback in football this year when he gets his contract done wherever he's at. And the fact of the matter is, Lamar Jackson deserves that. But if Lamar Jackson got hurt this year, it's he might lose some money. If Lamar Jackson goes out and wins another MVP, he's still not going to make more money than Patrick Mahomes. I'm telling you that right now. That is still true. not going to make more money than Aaron Rodgers. He's going to fall right in between Dak Prescott and those guys. I say, take the money now, make sure you get it done. The weird thing with this is he has no agent. He does. He's doing his negotiations all by himself. So it, with players doing their negotiations, uh, I believe teams think they can get over on players in those situations. But we've seen this before with Richard Sherman, who's a really, really smart guy. I think Lamar Jackson knows what he's worth and knows what he's looking for. And I do ultimately think they get this deal done before the season starts. Do you, Dylan, do you think he should have an agent through all of this? That's I've always found that to be a little odd. Like I would just, I would, 
I don't know. I just, what are the pros and cons of having an agent and not having an agent? Well, the f- number one con is 3%. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Exactly. <laughs> you're making lose so much money. I guess, I guess that's the thing. I mean, it's it really comes down to you. I mean, essentially, right? If, if you think about it, you're the athlete. You're the one that gets the paycheck. Sure, they could be there for advice, and they could help push the needle and certain things like that and really dive into what you could get on an open market and things like that. But if he's interested in staying in Baltimore – I don't really think that an agent's necessary for him. Just keep working through it, and worst case scenario, go hire one and go get paid. There you go. Go get go get that bag, Lamar Jackson. You deserve it. We're going to talk a little bit more about Lamar Jackson and the rest of the Baltimore Ravens in just a few moments as we dive in to the AFC North. We can't start with the Ravens, though, because they were not the team in the Super Bowl. The team that was in the Super Bowl is the Cincinnati Bengals in this is what their offseason is looking like with their notable free agents uh, to be, including one, Jesse Bates, the safety, who had a, a, I would say, a breakout year. He had an incredible year for the Cincinnati Bengals. Dylan, what is the update on Jesse Bates' contract status in Cincinnati? So Cincinnati Bates, or Cincinnati Bates, the Cincinnati Bengals (laughs) offered a franchise tag to uh, Jesse Bates today. The safety, obviously talented there. To my understanding, it is to go ahead and give him more leeway, more time to go ahead and get uh, that long-term deal worked out. He's going to get paid big money. He's coming off a great year, made plays in the postseason, in the Super Bowl, all that good stuff. And I'm still believing in my source. They're going to be working on a long-term deal, and I would not be shocked if it gets done before the draft starts. Um, Jesse Bates is going to get paid big money. I'm hearing 475 from his father's mouth. So uh, that's that's what I've been hearing right now. How old is Jesse Bates? Does anyone know that? How old is Jesse Bates? 24, 20, it, yeah, so he's younger. He's it. younger than Tyron Matthew, correct? Oh, yes, definitely. So, who would you, so Aaron, who would you, I mean, the, those two guys are most likely on the market. I mean, Jesse Bates might not end up being on the market, but those two guys are in need of deals. Who are you going out and paying? Are you paying the experience of Tyron Matthew or are you going out and paying a, a Jesse Bates? Well, those are two different tax brackets there. Um, I mean, Tyron Matthews is going to maybe get $10 million a year. Jesse Bates, we're talking, he's going to be upwards of probably close to 16. Like, okay. he, he's a, he's going to be an elite. He's an elite safety. Um, and he's younger, right? He's, he's going to be a franchise safety. The fact of the matter is, is they could not let him hit the free agent market because the reason you tag a guy like that is because what happens if you don't and then next week rolls around and the team comes out and says, hey, we'll give you four years, 80 million right now. Jesse Bates then has to start thinking, man, I love Cincinnati, but this team's going to offer me this. And then Cincinnati has to match that. It's easier for Cincinnati to just tag him and say, we'll use these next couple of months to work out a long-term deal. Um, I'm, I'm of the mindset, depending on where you're at, with your team, if you have a veteran team that's really, really close, maybe you go out and pay Tyron Matthew for a year or two, so you don't you're not invested in a guy long term. Uh, but if you have a young team like Cincinnati it does with that type of defense, who kind of overachieved this year, let's be honest, they did uh, with the names that they had. I think you go out and pay a guy like Jesse Bates, and you get him locked in for for a long term deal. Yeah. I'll say one thing on Bates: he he loves the city of Cincinnati. He loves he loves the team he's with as well. So I mean, this is right here. He's got good friends from high school to go to Northern Kentucky. He's chilling on their campus today on a Snapchat story, just having fun, chucking it up right there. Northern Kentucky, quick drive from Cincinnati. His hometown in Fort Wayne is two hours, 30 minutes from there. He's in a good spot right now. He's going to get the bag. That's why I I firmly believe he loves loves Cincinnati. He loves where he's at. And I'll tell you what, if you ever want to meet Jesse Bates, this is now three years in a row. 
Late July, he plays in a softball tournament at Turner's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He plays. Now he's only a DH, so he doesn't get hurt out in the field. But that dude literally plays and hits moonshots. He's there three straight years. So you want to meet him, go late July to Fort Wayne, Indiana, and shake his hand. So so if you want to go, go with the groupie, Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Hey, by the way, people that are watching the show, um, Jesse Bates is not the only professional athlete that hangs out in his hometown, that has fun in his city, and that plays in recreational softball. Tell me where he is on a certain day. Jesus. That sounds very weird. That sounds very creepy. I'm telling you exactly where Jesse Bates is on the exact day, that specific (laughs) day. He's going to be there at that specific time. So if you want to stalk him like I do, you can go check him out there. I've had friends meet him the three straight years. It's the weekend in uh, July. I guess what I'm saying is, young man, Mr. Dillon, is this is not that is not rare. That is something that a right, lot of professional athletes together. Do. I used to play with Mike Bibby and Andre Miller at 24-hour fitness, playing basketball during the summer during the offseason, these professional basketball players at 24-hour fitness. So Jesse Bates is a good dude. He gives back to his, he loves to be in his hometown. All that stuff is true, but let's not act like it's something that not, <laughs> not many others are doing because it happens well, all the time. Well, Dylan, let, let's let's continue the Cincinnati Bengals role for you. Who do the Bengals need to target uh, this coming free agency? Yeah, I'm going to start. I mean, we, we all know it, right? The offensive line. I'm going to go. They already drafted a number one uh, a pick in the first round and uh, from Alabama lineman, Jonah Williams. Get some more Crimson Tide on their uh, offensive line. I'm going to go with Cam Robinson, left tackle. I mean, Cam Robinson, what more do you want out of a guy? I mean, he's a left tackle. He came off an ACL injury in 2018, bounced back nicely in 19. As you see right there, one sack allowed in 2021. Um, Just a great year and a prove-it year where he needs that contract. Jaguars could still tag him. They got another day to decide that. Um, But if if he's available, he's someone that they need to look at big time. I mean, you could have mentioned the Tyron Armstead if you wanted to, a big tank on the outside. But I, I say Cam Robinson's a younger fit. He could slide over to guard if you want to keep Williams on the outside or just figure out what you want to do there. But that's that's nice protection on the left side of the line. I should have I should have kept my question to myself before the show. Dylan already answered my question, Sorry, even sir. though I asked him that. I, I told him I was like, I'm like, I'm going to ask you this question on the show. And then he just because uh, that's that's the biggest thing, though. You bring up Cam Robinson and there's the there. I remember last week when we were doing when we were breaking down free agent fits and I, I brought up Allen Robinson to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I said, oh, yeah, obviously they're going to try to go after like a Devontae Adams or a Chris Goddard. But I don't think that they're going to be able to. I don't, I don't think that's realistic. Is Cam Robinson more realistic for the Cincinnati Bengals than a Toronto Armstead? Yes, that's that's what I was going to go to. I was going to say he's more realistic because, like I said, they're still working on that contract extension for Jesse Bates. They're not going to throw all their eggs on an old old left handed or left tackle in Teron Armstead, who's very good at his job. He's old. He's on the outside. He'll be a brick wall to where no one will get past him, especially in that division with all the pass rush help. But um, I mean, you look you look at Cam Robinson. That's just a realistic fit. Someone that isn't going to command a ton of money. He'll make his money. But it's going to have you enough to where you can still allocate your free agent spendings elsewhere. Aaron, you were uh, this is one of your your themes last week was just offensive line, just trenches, trenches, trenches. We start things off with the Bengals, and that is the biggest thing, right? Absolutely. We, t- I mean, you saw the Super Bowl. There was no debate. If Dylan had picked anybody other 
than an offensive lineman, I would have went at him today. So the fact of the matter is, is the Bengals need offensive linemen. They need them bad. Going Cam Robinson still gives them the flexibility to add some other depth pieces on that line because they have a ton of cap space. And the NFL just raised the cap another $25 million for 2022. So I think the Bengals are going to spend this offseason a lot like Kansas City did last offseason. And you're going to see a revamped office, offensive line either through free agency, via trade, and in the draft. And um, they're going to try to protect Joe Burrow, add to that running game, and then, you know, add some key pieces on defense and try to get back to the Super Bowl. Every pick for the Cincinnati Bengals this coming this coming draft will be an offensive lineman. You heard it here first. Book it. They're going to just go all seven rounds and draft an offensive lineman. That's I mean, that's that's realistically what they need to do. Uh, let's go to no. our next team. And uh, I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Aaron, this is this is this is. I don't want to say this is your team because you know I, I just basically pick people's teams. But I one of my, the highlights of of the last season was when you went on the air and you just said, "Pittsburgh Steelers, you guys suck. You flat out suck. You're a trash team." And I, maybe maybe you didn't say that word that, that word for word, but you did say they sucked. These are their upcoming free agents, including a Ben Roethlisberger who is a free agent, even though he did say that he retired. I mean, who knows? Who knows with what these guys do, but Aaron, who is the most important player here on this list for the Steelers? Well, I mean, that's probably not a fair question. The answer is Ben Roethlisberger, right? He's the quarterback. He's been a two-time Super Bowl champion or whatever. Yeah, obviously, he's the most important player, but uh, I'm focusing on the offensive line because that's the weakness they had all season long. Losing a guy like Trey Turner will hurt. Um, he's been in the league a while. They're obviously going to have to add some pieces there. So losing offensive linemen and then their quarterback. Um, Pittsburgh's got a, a, a tough offseason. I think it's going to be big for them, big for Mike Tomlin to see which way they go, both in the draft and free agency, to see if they can turn things, things back around. Mm. Mm. Steelers, they're probably one of the most interesting teams this offseason with with all their moves and whether they go with Mason Rudolph, whether they draft a quarterback. But, Aaron, I'm going to continue with you here because this seems to be your – It's not my team. I know. <laughs> the I know. Steelers, do it. hey, they sucked in 2021, and Mike Tomlin did a hell of a job because they had no business being in the playoffs. I'll, I'll say that till the day I die. Till the day you die there. But he is the best coach in the NFL. And you can go check he that is. out on our episode of our, our, our Friday episode of Fun and Games Friday, which is out now on all podcasting platforms where we ranked and tiered up uh, the NFL coaches. Aaron, who is the one free agent target that the Steelers should be going after this offseason? Uh, we mentioned trade. We, we mentioned Trey being gone. It's easy for me. One of the best guards that's available. And that's Brandon Scherf from the Washington football team. Brandon Scherf is one of those just tough, physical, he fits the mindset of a Pittsburgh Steelers. Over the years, we talk about how physical the Pittsburgh Steelers offense used to be. This is a guy that can dominate in the run game. He doesn't miss blocks. Like this, this guy has been praised by many, many players around the league about blocks he's been able to make and how he just doesn't miss blocks. He is one of the more physical offensive linemen. They could boost up that interior offensive line and allow Najee Harris to get going again. He ran for 1,200 yards with that atrocious offensive line. Imagine what he can do if they get some pieces in front of him. Um, yeah, to me, it's Brandon Scherf, um, the best guard available, in my opinion, this offseason. So they got to shore up that offensive line. And that was the theme all last season as well with the Pittsburgh Steelers was just the fact that their offensive line – it was just it was was not good. That was that was it's in your a rant. theme for most bad teams, right? Most, yeah. I mean, you look at bad teams because skill positions. We talk about this 
are easier to find. You can find an athletic guy to go make a play or a running back to just run around with the ball. If you are not solid up front on both sides of the football, it makes Sundays very long. Yeah. Dylan, I'm going to pose this question to you here real quick. We got to, uh, we love seeing the new, the new faces in the chat. Shout out Daniel Davis for hopping in here, uh, tuning into the show. He brings up the, the point that the Steelers should be drafting Malik Willis, the quarterback at a Liberty university. We are going to have a full end to end coverage of the NFL draft in, in a few weeks. And, uh, but I want to, I just want to get your thoughts on this, Dylan. What do you, what do you think about Malik Willis to the, uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think he's reading my mind or reading everybody else's mind because I thought about this well, after I saw his pro day this week. Like I was watching all the uh, pro day or not pro day, the uh, combine, everything. He's throwing the deep ball. He's look, he looked great. Malik Willis looks like he could be the best quarterback out of this draft class. And it is a weak class. I'll give you that. I do think they should draft Malik Willis. I think he's a great fit to that system. I think Mike Tomlin will work him well and get him accustomed. I do think they go the Mason Rudolph route and then draft a quarterback. I do like Malik Willis in, in Pittsburgh. I mean, they got weapons on the outside. I know they're losing Juju Smith-Schuster. You still got Claypool. You still got Deontay Johnson. Going to lose James Washington. But still, they got some pieces. Pat Fryermuth, the run game. Pay the line. Draft Malik Willis. I think that, that's a good strategy. There you go. Smart move for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I'll go next here, gentlemen, and it is the Baltimore Ravens. And these are their their uh, notable free agents for this <laughs> upcoming offseason. What? 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 Did you just giggle? Yeah, you, you okay? first on the list. What? What? He's good. I get it. He's good, but going full back you're the worst. The you're uh, the worst. No, no, okay, go, Vinny. You okay. finish because I want to go at Dylan after this. Oh, okay, okay. But well, these are their notable free agents here. A lot of uh, the veteran names here, and you just made fun of uh, of a fullback being number one on this list. And I mean, this is this is I feel like a huge year for the Baltimore Ravens to not just not just get it right, but to really move forward uh, with this team. Now, I'll let you shred into Dylan here before I bring up their free agent target. The fact that you would laugh at a fullback. Um, one of the very few fullbacks that are left in the NFL, by by Damn the way, news, Jack. Um, it, it just shows me your lack of understanding of NFL football. Okay. Oh I'm going to tell you this right now. The Baltimore Ravens offense is built around the run game. Their run game is predicated on having a guy like Patrick Card in their backfield. He's been the best football fullback in football for a number of years, and he's gone <laughs> not even one. talking about but, but the fact of the matter is, is they rely on him a lot. And without him, their offense is not the same. I think it is extremely important for them to make sure he gets re-signed. I know it's the, the laughing theme of not have, not who needs a fullback, but that offense yeah. needs a fullback. Yeah, they're fine. they had used check before him, and then they just bring him in. You could bring in a third one. Just draft a fullback so, so, and play So him. you just named the two best, you just named the only two fullbacks in football. So yeah, what they both happen to come from Baltimore. They both happen to be really, really good at what they do. Because is that the, the NFL, case, or is it because they get paid because they're in a system no. that flashes their only talent? Which is no. To the do fact the thing. of the matter is, is those type of players aren't coming up in college, aren't coming up in high school anymore, so they don't exist. So when you get a player like that, those players are valuable. You can't just let them go away. Because I tell you what, if that if Patrick Ricard gets released, go let Patrick Ricard play in Tennessee in front of Derrick Henry and oh see my. and and. He's already dominant and see what that does for their offense. Like he is extremely versatile and yes, he's a fullback. So I get it. He's not glamor and glitz, but the fact of the matter is, is they need him. And if they don't resign him, Baltimore is making a huge mistake. Fullbacks a need. 
Matt Ricard. It's a need. N- name one other fullback in the NFL besides Kyle Juszczyk. Who's Thank you. Took, no, 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 the dude, dude, the dude is the team. You, come on, man. You already, hey, you already Not lost. Ball, you had, but he's out of the league. That would have been my You guess. already lost when you had to go like this. Uh, Kari uh, Blassen uh, game. My point exactly. Haven't seen the field in four years. CJ Ham my has point exactly. Believe me, I'm a Dalvin Cook owner. Oh my goodness. All right. I will go into there the uh the, that the biggest free agent target for the Baltimore Ravens. And it's the guy we just talked about. It's Tyron Matthew. What Tyron Matthew brings to the table here for any team really is he is a game changing type safety. And I talk about this being a big a big season for the Baltimore Ravens to get it right, to get to that next level. They got to find that missing piece. And I really do think Tyron Matthew can be that missing piece for this defense. He's a leader. He's a baller. He's a gamer. Go get you some Tyron Matthew, Baltimore Ravens. Boom. There it is. I'm hoping to get this Baltimore Ravens one right because last year I was preaching and begging for Allen Robinson to become a free agent so that the Ravens can get Allen Robinson. He did not. It didn't work out that way. And I'm just hoping well, he might I be going there this year. <laughs> yeah, but but Tyron Matthew is the guy. Is it? And last week I was I was one for two with my free agent picks. Uh, I got I got blasted for the Mike Kosicki one, uh, and then the Allen Robinson one was okay. Is this one an okay pick, uh, Aaron? Uh, first of all, Dylan, CJ Ham has two career touchdowns. So <laughs> yeah, I remember both. <laughs> and, and yes, Vinny, I actually really, really like this pick. He's a veteran into an already veteran group. Um, Dylan had talked about the defense of, of Baltimore being older last year, and it showed a little bit, right? They started to get shredded a little bit in the back end. Now we know they lost Marcus Peters. We know they lost um, – Jimmy Smith was hurt. They had some other guys hurt in the back end. So I think bringing a guy like Tyron Matthew, almost almost similar to what they did when they brought in Eric Weddle, uh, but Matthew's still only 29. He still has a lot of good football left, and he kind of turned his image around. I think he's a really, really good fit in Baltimore. I think he fits that style of play. Um, I, I would love to see, you know, I'm not going to call him the Honey Badger. He doesn't go by that anymore, but um, I would love to see him in Baltimore. It, would that if if the Ravens were to get a Tyron Matthew, does that do you think that gets them over the hump, Dylan? Do you think that gets them over the hump and in, into the what, conference what championship game and possibly the Super Bowl? Oh no, no. They have some other needs they need okay. to fill. Yeah, Fair enough. yeah. I don't think the Ravens are Super Bowl contenders. Their, their defensive line, their defensive line needs a lot of work. Um, you know, Patrick Queen's a beast on, on the, in their linebacking core, but their D line could use some help. Obviously. Um, Calais Campbell being a free agent, he's older. They're, they're going to have to get that pass rush going. They're going to have to stir up that offensive line, and obviously they need to get their running backs healthy. And they still need playmakers on the outside. I know we love Rashad Bateman and, and Hollywood Brown, but the fact of the I matter is they, they still were not as productive as we would like them to be, and I still think it has a lot to do with the way they run the offense. Hollywood um, was good for a stretch last year. Like there I'm were a believer games. the offense needs to change. Yeah, I, agree. I truly believe that. I agree. Get Mark Andrews more involved. I don't know about that. How 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 much more involved? Yeah, he's the damn number. He's tight end one. I mean, more consistency, like legit. Like the dude has five catches and he'll go a game with two. This is what y'all clowns were saying when he didn't want to trade me for uh, Mark. Mark Andrews Andrews is very very consistent. What's not consistent is that offensive play calling and what they're doing schematically. Um, It's just it's never been what they promised it would be. They said they were going to revolutionize offensive football. 
I, I still have yet to see that. Um, and Lamar Jackson's been amazing, but they haven't revolutionized anything. There is no revolution in Baltimore. One last team in the AFC North. It's the Cleveland Browns. Oh, do they stink? Not really. They're, they're not a bad team. They're not where they used to be, but they still just have that stench around them. These are their upcoming uh, notable free agents headlined by Jadavion Clowney on the D-line here. They obviously still have uh, Miles Garrett. But Aaron, who is the most important person uh, in this uh, in on this list? Uh, I'm actually going to go with Malik Jackson. Their Malik interior defense. Jackson. Malik Action Jackson. Um, I was going to go with the linebackers, but I do think they got some young guys that can come in and, and maybe get better. But I'm going to go with their interior defensive line. Uh, you know, Cleveland's defense has a ton of talented names, right? All of those guys, Denzel Ward. Uh, they, I mean, they just got, they're loaded on defense with names, but they've just continued to underachieve year after year. Um, I think they need to go get some some solid foundational pieces that maybe don't have the the names or the the glamorous guys that we we like to call out every year, but guys that just come in and do the dirty work and do their job. Um, some rotational pieces. I think Malik Jackson losing him is going to hurt, but I do think they can fill that void in free agency. Uh, they have a lot of work to do as well. Very similar to what uh, we were talking about with Baltimore. I, I don't think it's a matter of one piece. I think it starts there, but I think there's a lot of defensive pieces that they could look for this this offseason. Dylan, go ahead. Uh, no, okay. I was gonna. You, go you mentioned the names there, Aaron. Right? You mentioned the names, and I, I there's no one that gets more out of their names than a Vic Fangio. I would can Joe Woods and get Vic Fangio on that defense. I mean, you got Grant Delpit, Greg Newsom, uh, Denzel Ward. I mean, you got names. Won't you bring in a veteran guy who can get more schemes around this team and literally bring that there? You mentioned Malik Jackson, his beautiful sack celebration, hey. but I miss that in Duval. Um, yeah, the defense is a lot, but there's there's more needs than just the defense. Yeah, and what are what 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 would be what would be your one need and what one player that the Browns should get this offseason? Yeah, you know, I I don't think this was necessarily counted as a loss because it happened in the middle of the season, but it's at the wide receiver position. They lost Odell Beckham. I like a veteran that can control this room. Bring in AJ Green. I mean, you mentioned A.J. Green. He, he had a great year last year coming over to the Arizona Cardinals. Going back to the NFC North, you know, you've, you, or AFC North, sorry. Um, same, you know, we've seen great wide receivers in divisions go back into a division rival. We've seen Andre Johnson go from the Texans to the Colts and things like that. I think A.J. Green really helps out this Cleveland Browns team. I mean, he's a veteran. You got Jarvis Landry on the other side. You got some youth behind him, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashard Higgins, but I mean, you bring in an A.J. Green. He's just going to be a consistent target for uh, Baker Mayfield. I know we saw the David and Joku news, but I still think that they need another weapon on the outside, a wide receiver. And A.J. Green, although he is a little bit old, he gives us a consistency factor of a proven veteran, a potential Hall of Famer right there in that room. I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Oh, you've been the biggest A.J. Green hater for I the know, past year I and a half. But like just how stop. much how much has A.J. I mean. I guess well, the one thing that's ringing in my head when you're talking about oh he's a he's a good good locker room guy or whatever is it's the time he he got tossed Jaylen. for trying to fight Jalen Ramsey, like I mean th th this dude like obviously obviously like fights don't like that doesn't make that doesn't make him by that type of player but like to me I just don't see and maybe it has to do with the quarterback position I don't want to keep harping on the quarterback position in Cleveland but maybe it's maybe it's whatever wide receiver comes in here doesn't matter to me. Until they, until they, until they move on and go to the next step 
uh, at the quarterback position in Cleveland. Because I really just – you can bring in like A.J. Green. Or I, 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 the first person I thought of here for, for Cleveland was like a Christian Kirk too. One of those type of names. Any type of wide receiver because they do need help That's at the slotty. receiver position. But it's like whoever comes in, it's not going to matter because they don't have someone who's going to be able to get them the ball. Yeah, they do. Um, so I, I don't love the AJ green signing, but not because I don't think AJ green can, can compliment or be, be a good, nice piece is because if he goes to Cleveland, he has to be the number one and he can't like he's, he's past his prime. He's 33 going to be 34. He is not a number one receiver anymore. And you're asking him to now take over that number one role. They're losing Richard Higgins into free agency as well. And then Jarvis Landry is unsure whether he's going to be there, but he's not the outside guy that really demands the attention. He more plays in the slot and does all the stuff across the middle of the field. Um, I really, really like the idea of a Christian Kirk, to be honest. I, they, you're right. They need playmakers, Dylan. There's no doubt about it. And there are very few receivers that are probably going to be available to them in from free agency. You're not going to get a Devonte Adams going there. You're probably not getting Allen Robinson going there and <laughs> you're probably not seeing it. Yeah. And you're not seeing a Chris Godwin go in there. So outside of that, it starts to leave you with, a, you know, very few pieces. So, um, if they signed AJ green and then went out and got somebody else, maybe, and got a Christian Kirk, I would like, I would like that together tandem, or they draft a guy and then they bring in AJ green on some veteran deal. I wouldn't mind that. But to me, if they're looking for a number one guy or a weapon at like from, from that perspective, I'm not, I'm not looking AJ green. I'm looking elsewhere. Maybe, maybe a guy with some potential that can break out like a Christian Kirk, given an opportunity. If you know, if he's given that chance. So, um, the most it's Browns, tough. the most Browns thing to happen, it'll be Mike Williams and he'll end up yeah. being, he'll end up being overpaid and he won't live up to it. And it's not a shot at Mike Williams. Again, I say it's the quarterback position, but it'll be Mike Williams not being able to live up to this contract. I can just see that kind of circling, circling back here, but let's go, let's move on. Let's go to the AFC North here. We can't start the, or the, the NFC North here and we can't start anywhere else, but in Green Bay, this is their needs or their their notable free agents. This is, I mean, this is a list. This is probably the best, uh, the no, best notable free agents out of every team here. They've they're strapped for cash. They've been trying to restructure things to be able to bring a Devonte Adams back, but it's it's there. I mean, I mean, even Devonte Campbell is is a big time linebacker name here uh, for for a lot of teams. And Green Bay is going to be in a tough situation. I'm not going to ask who the most important position or player on this list is because it's obviously Devonte Adams. But Aaron, who is one player that the Green Bay Packers need to be targeting? Because it's all about Rodgers. It's all about Adams. But we're not talking about other pieces that they need. Who is the guy that they need to bring in? Um, if I'm the Green Bay Packers right now. Right now, today, get on the phone with Aaron Rodgers and say, this is what we're going to do. We are going to go out, and the very first thing we're going to sign is we're going to sign Rob Gronkowski. We're Gronk is a veteran. He's beat up. He's older. But going out and getting a guy like Gronk is telling Aaron Rodgers, whatever you need, we will do for you. And this guy has won championships with Tom Brady. He has Super Bowl medal. Aaron Rodgers can use a weapon across the middle of the field to go on uh, to compare or to pair up with Devontae Adams outside. And Gronk is an amazing blocker, right? He's been one of the best blockers in football over the course of, you know, a number of his years in his career. I think Rob Gronkowski, there's two places Gronk signs. It's Green Bay or it's Buffalo. Those are the only two places I see him playing football. And that's if Aaron Rodgers returns. I would not wait because you can't sign right now. And I know Aaron Rodgers stuff wants to get done. Um, 
I think you go out, you say, Aaron Rodgers, we are going to go sign Gronk tomorrow. Yeah, and I, whenever, I, I, I mean, whenever free agency opens, obviously. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I, you know, this may be a dumb question, and you can shit on me for it all you want, but does does weather come into play for a guy like Rob Gronkowski who doesn't like maybe he doesn't <laughs> want to like. You know, he's he's an older guy. He's got a lot of injury concerns. Maybe he doesn't. He, he he obviously left New England to play for Tom Brady and live the life in Tampa. Why would Rob Gronkowski want to go up there in the shitty snow at Lambeau and, because and have to deal he wants with all to that? Win because he wants to win championships and he gets to play with a great okay. quarterback. And very few teams in the league you can look at right now. Think about the, the teams with the best chances to win Super Bowls right now. Most of them play in bad weather. Most the ones with the good quarterbacks play in bad weather, Kansas city, Buffalo, new England. Uh, I mean, green Bay, obviously. Yeah. So it's, it's not, you don't just get a pick and choose. If he wants to go play in warm weather. Great. You're probably not going to win. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're probably not going to win. So I think it's more about um, winning championships for him and playing with elite players, because I think that's when you get the best of Rob Gronkowski. What about Gronk? And Bailey, him? shut up about they can't afford him. They can't afford him. And yeah, Gronk won't be that. Gronk won't be that. The much. NFL is a salary cap league, yes. But you can manipulate the cap. And yes, there are times How you're in the trouble. Saints and... survived the last two years. Exactly. The Rams <laughs> have been over the cap for the past four years. They've been to two Super Bowls and traded for every great veteran player there is. So I, we got to stop with this. They the can't cap, afford it. They can. The NFL cap is just like COVID in the NFL. When, it, when, it, when they want it to be a problem, it's a problem. When they don't want it to be a problem, it ain't a problem. Let's go on to our next team, and it's Dylan. This is your your time to shine. The team that was in the NFC Championship game. Oh, they weren't in the NFC Championship game. Three bold <laughs> takes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bold? <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. I can't wait to the I can't wait to the start of this season so we get more bold takes. But it's the Minnesota Vikings here. Their list consists of a whole lot of defense that are notable free agents here, including one Anthony Barr. Uh, I would say that would probably be the most important per uh, person on this list here. But Dylan, you're you're a big Minnesota Vikings guy. What What's, are you giggling what are about? You giggling? I never heard of Alexander McKenzie. What? Oh, is it McKen It is Mackenzie Alexander. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that either. I didn't catch Go it ahead. either. Ah, oh, what a guy! What a guy! All right, Dylan. Well, Mister Mister Funny Bags over there. Who do the Minnesota Vikings need to target this free agents? Oh, uh, this free agency class. Yeah, uh, starts at the cornerback position. You know, they went out and signed Pat Pete. They they had the young corners of Cam Dantzler and Jeff Gladney. Well, Gladney that one. So on his way out of the league, he had a off-the-field issue. Dantzler had a pretty good year, but that cornerback room is thin, and I think they should throw all their eggs into one basket and go get Charvarius Ward, a corner from Kansas City. I mean, Ward's just going to make an immediate impact on this team. You talk about uh, a true number one corner on the outside. I mean, he was so good for the Chiefs in their success on the defensive side of the ball. You know how the Chiefs' defense struggled at times, and then they finally figured themselves out late in the year. Well, Ward has just been an absolute beast on, on in that secondary for them. And, you know, they lose a Patrick Peterson veteran type. Ward, although 
he's not the oldest player in the league. He's also not the youngest. He can come in and he can help out these young corners a little bit as Dantzler gets his feet more wet in this league. And I mean, you put Ward on the outside, he could really make some plays. And that's a division that still has some wide receiver talent. Uh, if you look at the speedsters of Darnell Mooney and whatever Green Bay decides to do. <laughs> and I'm on Ra, St. Brown. I'm on Ra. That's my guy. That's my that's my dude right there. I like that pick. I I, I don't hate that pick. Aaron, do you, what, are you okay with that one? Uh, I do. I like it. Uh, Charverius Ward is one of the better man-to-man corners. He's played in man-to-man system and under Steve Spagnola for the past three seasons. Um, he gets beat every now and then, but um, he, he's had a couple of really good years, and he's had a couple of you know years that were just kind of so-so. I, I, I like it for Minnesota. They're obviously depleted in the secondary. They haven't had a, a real good secondary since – you know, a few years ago when Xavier Rhodes was leading that that charge over there. So um, they have a lot of needs, in, in my opinion, but I think they're pretty good up front. For a part of the last year, they led the league in sacks, um, kind of underrated, um, but, but their back end was just just awful. So, uh, yeah, Charverius Ward's a, a good. You'll probably get him for a decent price there. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Minnesota. Let's head on over to Chicago. This is one that has probably a very, probably one of the most talked about, at least on this show, uh, free agents in terms of Allen Robinson. Uh, I, I this, is, this is my guy. I love Allen Robinson. Love him in his time in Jackson. This is the most notable free agent for them. I feel like it's either him or Akeem Hicks, right? That's is it. Is it Hicks? Yeah, that's Hicks. that's that's where we're at Hicks here. Is that's the... Hicks is Hicks is dominant. Uh, Allen Robinson is great. I love Allen Robinson. He's a good receiver. But again, we talk about being able to find receiver talent elsewhere. Akeem Nix is Akeem Akeem Hicks is a <laughs> Akeem Nix is a difference maker on the defensive side of the f- football field. When he's off the field, look at the way their defense plays versus when he's on the field. It's it's such a big difference. Um, I think he's the biggest loss there. But I also yeah. don't think they re-sign him. So. Um, yeah, Akeem Hicks has been one of the most underrated defensive tackles in the league for a long time. I mean, like you said, when he misses games, they get gashed on the run, yep. that Bears defense. And, I mean, they, they lose. I mean, they freaking lose games bad. That's whenever everyone's like, oh, geez, the Bears just got shit pumped. Well, Akeem Hicks isn't there plugging up the middle. Or otherwise, oh, the Bears lost 17-14. They only made it on the other team's pass another team's 55 times like it's it's the games where Akeem Hicks is there where they're not giving up too much uh defensively so I mean he's just a big run stopper and ha- makes a lot of plays for that defense and when they lost Eddie Goldman to COVID that year um they, they really showed when he missed games as well so Akeem Hicks is a huge piece of that defense he's going to be great yeah. somewhere yeah yep. it's funny it's funny we talk about we talk about Hicks and they probably won't be bringing him back Talk about Robinson. They probably won't be bringing him back. So there's going to be a lot of holes to fill in Chicago. Aaron, who's the one free agent target that they need to be looking out for? Uh, Losing Allen Robinson hurts. You got a rookie or second year quarterback now in Justin Fields, and you don't have many playmakers. You got a David Montgomery. You got a Darnell Mooney. I think you have to go find a big time playmaker. I think the, the guy here is it's Mike Williams. Mike Williams, big body receiver, can go up and get it. I think it allows Justin Fields to have an outlet, which I think is big for a young quarterback who might feel some pressure and say, you know what, I can just throw it up to a guy who's in one-on-one coverage. That's what Mike Williams brings. He's a big play guy. I think he pairs nicely with what Darnell Mooney did, especially down the stretch. I think Darnell Mooney... Mike Williams combo could be a real nice combo for them. Obviously, you have David Montgomery in and out of the backfield. You add in a Cole Komet who started to come on late in the season. I think it gives Justin Fields a nice group of weapons to start with. Then you address that offensive line in the draft and other places of free agency. But I think it's key that they go out and get more weapons. And um, 
I, I think they, it can't just be young guys. Like I think Darnell Mooney is that young guy. I think they need to go out and get a guy that's been in the league a while that can go make plays. And I think that's Mike Williams. Oh, I just, that's, I, I think I is it wrong to say that he's got to go somewhere, Vinny. He's no, got. No, no, I mean, no, no, you, you, I'm asking, <laughs> no, no, shut up. I'm not even going that route. Is it fair to say that Mike Williams and Allen Robinson play a similar style at receiver? Yeah. Okay, that's what I. Fair. That's where I. Fair. That's what I was I looking point, for. Bad ball fair. thrower catcher. Fair, but you're not going to pay as much for Mike Williams as you would Allen Robinson, in my opinion. I think uh, Mike Williams is overpay. Mike Williams is not going to – I think people that think Mike Williams is going to garner this big-time four-year, $80 million contract, I don't think that's happening. I know so people you're thinking, think it's happening. You're, thinking, it's you're not, thinking teams are looking at the overall resume as opposed to what they just recently did because that's what it, that's what it comes down to when you're looking at – I mean, Mike Robinson Williams had an amazing Mike year. Williams. Mike Williams had an amazing year, and he, and he got 1,100 yards. Like, it was well, a, his amazing year was 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. That's not $20 million mo- a year money. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, though, is if you look at Allen Robinson, he did not have a good year at all. So you would right. think that Allen Robinson would get less money than Mike Williams who had a, record. a, a good a, year. So, the, so that's, the, what, that's, the what, I'm, that's what I'm saying the, here. No, no, no. The difference is Chicago is not going – they've already had Allen Robinson. They're not going to pay Allen Robinson – 15 million, 14. They're no, not going to pay him at all. We're Alan talking Robinson about as a, whole, as a whole here at the end of the day, when Mike Williams gets his contract and when Allen Robinson gets his contract, is it going to be Allen Robinson that gets more money or is it going to be Mike Williams? I, I don't know that I can answer that question. From Chicago, I know Mike Williams, uh, Mike Williams would get more money. Because Mike Williams is going to get more money because he's going to be overpaid. I mean, he has coming off a one year. Chicago has already seen what Allen Robinson has given them. They've Mike already Williams. had their dispute. We're... We're talking Mike about Williams as a has had one year. What Mike Williams has had one year, right? You cannot overpay these injury-prone guys. What did Will Fuller do this year? He played 25 snaps, caught four for 27, and collected his bag. I mean, you can't overpay these Corey guys. Davis. It's same with Corey I mean, Davis. Look, I mean, paying him right you're, here. I'm gonna call. You're not, I'm you're gonna not big, telling us anything we don't know. Fans, but idiots. somebody's I'm, going to. I'm gonna make a Bears fan mad right now. You pay him, you're getting Cam Meredith again. A six foot three high point. See, see, this is what you Meredith had nine forty four yards, nine hundred forty four yards one year. Then he shit. The you bed. always make these dumbass comparisons. Mike Williams was also a top prospect coming out of college, highly that's rated. Right. Cam Meredith was not. Right. That's, Stop that's, making comparisons. He had one that don't year and got paid though. Yeah, you, know, you know that's why I got, that's why I get so afraid to make comparisons because I don't want to I don't want to sound like Dylan <laughs> when he makes his comparisons. Let's move on to our final team here, and it is the Detroit Lions. We we put Dan Campbell in the good category for coaches in the NFL, above average, above not yet proven. We put him in the good category, so we can see the Lions take a step forward next year. But these are notable free agents listed, uh, headlined by Charles Harris here. Really, there's not really any headline here. But, I mean, who am I? Who am I to say who the headline actually is for the Detroit Lions and free agency? Why don't we send it over to our bo- our guy, our dude, Curtis Steele from Lions on the Prowl. Curtis, what is the biggest need, or biggest free agent name, notable free agent on the Lions uh, list? What up, though, Sack City Pod, man? Congratulations to you guys on your new venture it's asked me who do I want the Lions to keep in the fold when the upcoming free agency starts here in a few days. And I have to say it's safety Tracy Walker. Big dude, six foot one, 206 pounds, had a career year for the Lions last year. The other team in tackles at 108. Just a great player. 
he brings some continuity to the backside of that defense where they're very young and they had some issues opposite of him. So keep him in for continuity and his leadership role on the back end of that defense as a safety, bringing a young guy, maybe a rookie or a younger free agent safety. And it makes it better when you can keep that continuity. And he likes the system. He thrives in the system. It's the system that he played in the college at Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. Tracy Walker is a no-brainer re-sign for the Detroit Lions. Hey, this is Curry Steele. And I'll holler at you guys over at Sac City real soon. Love that dude. Love, love Curtis Steele. Shout out Curtis Steele and Lions on the Prowl. Go check them out for all the best Lions content there. That's a good pick. And and, and realistically, the, the Lions had one of the worst secondaries uh, in the NFL this this past season. And real and that that that's a guy that was the only, really the only bright spot uh, has been the only bright spot in their secondary. I. I'm going to say that the Lions need to keep building on that secondary. And their one free agent target is going to be Jacksonville's own. Well, not really. He's from Jacksonville. Darius Williams. Cornerback from the Los Angeles Rams here. This is, might be a name you might not have even heard of. This is a name that you're going to want to, to, to know in the future because I think he could be a very good corner. He showed a lot of potential in Los Angeles. Uh, the the new uh, GM over in uh, over in Detroit, Brad Holmes, knows this guy very well. I think that he is going to be a good fit on this Lions team. They need uh, they desperately need secondary help, and Darius Williams can supply that. Obviously, he just he's coming off of a big year, winning the Super Bowl. He's got that experience. He's played alongside Jalen Ramsey, being able to pick his brain. I think Darius Williams is a slam dunk signing for the Detroit Lions. I like it. I mean, if you looked in the show notes on the team needs, I put D-line, linebacker, and DB. Because their defense sucks, right? They, they, yep. need, they need help on all three levels. Um, with a team like this, it's hard to pick one guy, one spot, right? Because, yes, we could talk offense as well. We could talk wide receiver, talk offensive line, obviously quarterback. Um there's so many needs, but you have to start somewhere. Getting a guy like Darius Williams will help that. You line him up across from, um, what's their other corner, Okuda. Um, hopefully he can, he can get things going. I know he's been kind of struggling out of the first couple of seasons, but hopefully he can get things going and add some pieces to the rest of free agency and in the draft. This is a team that just needs to get as much talent as possible. I, I'll, I'll counter here. I do like the Williams pick, but I think I want to throw a different name out there that could help. Depends on if he wants to suck again or not because he sucked at every place he's been. Kyle Fuller, you, you mentioned a cornerback right there. Kyle Fuller, I think he could help out a young Okuda, come into that room, just showcase what it takes to be a professional, help out young corners on this team. Because it's a young defense, too. It's not a They're bad, but they're also young. So adding a veteran corner like a Kyle Fuller, I think, would be a better move. But I still like the Williams pick because he's That's why I don't love it, though. Where he is. Why? Like, if I'm Kyle Fuller, I'm not going to waste my way in Detroit. Well, that's, I'm what older, I, that's what I was like, thinking. And, and, I and if you're to, Detroit, why do you want to pay a veteran like that really? To, because he can help with Jeff Okuda. But the thing is, is I, I, when I'm making these picks, I'm trying to think of the most realistic pick as possible. Who's going to want to yeah. go to Detroit? And with Brad Holmes there as the GM from Detroit, Darius Williams might want to link up with him again. And Let's I just want a Super Bowl. That, I mean, you saw what you saw what Kyle Fuller did to Jalen hey, Johnson, though, in one year. Hey, Darius Williams got to be there with Jalen Ramsey, just won a Super Bowl. We got to give him some credit. Maybe he's yeah. that veteran leadership. I know he's I know he's still young, but um, I don't know. I, I just don't like bringing those older guys into the fold for a team that's so far away. 
Like I yeah. get, I get if you're just solely focused on, Hey, we want to make Okuda the guy we drafted him to be. Yeah. Then I understand that for sure. But I, I, if that's, if they're, if that's their mindset, great. If not, um, then I would probably look elsewhere. That does it, though, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of the Sac City Pod. That was our AFC North and NFC North uh, off-season outlook. Tune in on Wednesday. We'll be back again for another edition. We'll be covering the AFC South and the NFC South live at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube, right here on Facebook, and right here on Belly Up Sports TV. Uh, for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, for the smoothest force in sports casting, Dylan Kearns, I am me. We will see you Wednesday. Peace out. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.